Welcome to Russian History Retold, Episode 170, No Foreseeable End, Vladimir Putin. Over the past nearly six years, I've covered a number of topics relating to Russian history. In the beginning, when I planned this podcast, I was going to spend a couple of years covering the people who ruled over the country my mother's side of the family came from. Well, as you might well know, that plan went out the window pretty early on. I really fell in love with Russian history. My initial plan was to have around 60 or so episodes. Currently, this is the 196th one, but some were not numbered. About six months ago, I decided that it was time to end things. My professional life was entering a new phase with some amazing opportunities coming to reality. As the months went on, I resigned myself to putting together a plan to wrap the podcast up. Problem was, my family knew that this podcast and the tens of thousands of my listeners were now part of my life and who I am. On New Year's Eve 2015, my wife and youngest daughter convinced me to continue the podcast as long as I wanted and they'd be behind me, which I will continue to do so as long as there are topics to cover. Since I made the announcement on Facebook, and if you haven't been on the Facebook page, this is why you might not have known about this, that the show will go on, I've been overwhelmed by the positive response. Thanks to everyone for that. So what will the next phase of the podcast be? I'm going to be going back to the beginning and the premise of the show, except I'm going in reverse. I'm going to cover the Russian rulers all over again, but a little differently. Now, instead of recounting their lives, achievements, and failures, I'm going to give you my take or opinion on their impact on history, on the people, and the world. I will be a fair amount more opinionated in the forthcoming Rulers podcast series. When I get back to the other facets of Russian history, I'll be going back to my more objective self. I think I've earned a few opinions and hope no one gets offended by them, since that will not be my intention. Since I covered each of the rulers, I've learned so much more about the history of Russia that I've developed a different point of view in many instances than I did initially. So I'm going to start with Putin and work my way back to Rurik. Of course, the most difficult will be Putin, as his history has yet to be written, and who knows what his legacy will be. Hence the title of today's podcast, No Foreseeable End. Neither this podcast or Putin's leadership has any end in sight. An example of what you might hear is a new take on the rules of Catherine the Great, which will not be all that flattering, and a new opinion of her son Paul, which will be way better than my original thoughts. I'll also try to do a better job of covering, covering a couple of rulers I did a pretty poor job of in the first instance, such as Leonid Brezhnev and Vladimir the Great. Another addition to the podcast will be a segment where I will feature a specific book I've used over the years. If you're interested, you can go over to my blog at www.russianrulershistory.com, click, click on the link of the book, and buy it at Amazon.com. By doing so, you'll be helping defray the growing costs of keeping the podcast going. We're also adding a sponsor to the podcast, Knowledge Through Solutions, 
one of my two companies that my wife and I own, that specializes in high-quality nutritional supplements. I'm also turning the podcast scripts into a book, or more likely, three or four books. They will be made available for purchase alone or as a set. It is currently being edited with a release date for the first one on and around April 30th, 2016, the sixth anniversary of the initial Russian Rulers podcast episode. Additionally, I'll be making CDs of the podcast in the series available, so you can either listen to them whenever you want, or you can make them a gift for family or friends. Now on to the last Russian ruler. Way back on episode 117, on May 13th, 2013, we covered the life and rise of Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin, the son of Vladimir Spiridovich and Maria Ivanovna Shemolova, born on October 7th, 1952. He is the first post-Lenin leader who did not live through the reign of Joseph Stalin. Well, actually only a few months, but he was a baby. Putin didn't have to go through the horrors of World War II as well. Vladimir grew up through the height of Soviet power and prestige, while also experiencing its fall, collapse, and breakup. By the time he assumed power after the resignation of Boris Yeltsin on December 31, 1999, Russia was in a mess. It had lost its prestige on the global stage in the eyes of many, especially in the West. But the people did not lose their feeling of being a superpower in their own eyes, which made them, and certainly their government, feel disrespected. It is something they are feeling to this day, and I believe it affects their policies and actions since and into 2016. Because of when he was born, Putin was indoctrinated in the Soviet way. As many of you know, the Communist Party had strict controls on what was taught, what the media was able to say, and much of the social and political life of the country. Their rule was one done with an iron fist. And now for a word from our sponsor. Back in 1998, my wife and I decided to start a small nutraceutical company called Knowledge Through Solutions. The first product was an electrolyte that I developed with no sugars, artificial flavors, or colorings that can be added in just about any drink you can imagine, even plain water. Today, it is used by professional and college basketball, football, and soccer teams. It is also used by high-end physical trainers as well as Olympic and professional athletes worldwide. We call it Cineplex Electrolytes. You can learn more about it at www.kt-solutions.com. Now, back to the podcast. Recently, on the forum Quora, I answered a question as to whether today's problems in Russia had anything to do with Soviet policies. My answer was that there wasn't a whole lot different between the czarist bureaucracy and that of the Soviet Union, except different people. Catherine the Great instituted and codified a bureaucracy that is so entrenched in Russian society and government that very little can get done, unless, of course, you can grease the palms of so many people that the cost of getting anything done is staggering. Case in point, the Sochi Olympics and their near $50 billion price tag. Vladimir Putin inherited this system and is entirely ingrained into the psyche of the people. 
Also, I believe that the only way to handle this level of corruption and stagnant behavior is through a strong leader. Yes, the ideal is to get rid of the country of the corrupt people. But pray tell, how do you do that without grinding things to a halt? This is something that Yeltsin learned. My final line in my response to the question on Kawara was that, while my answer may not be satisfying, it would probably qualify as a dissertation question for a PhD candidate in Russian and Soviet history. It's that complex. Now, back to Putin. Since the lad last podcast about Vladimir back in May of 2013, a lot has gone on in Russia, as you might know. They annexed Crimea and had surrogates of theirs take control of parts of eastern Ukraine. Has there been direct involvement of Russian troops in Ukraine? Undoubtedly. Has the Russian government acknowledged their involvement? Mm, no, not really. Now, Putin's stance has been that this is internal to Russia and is no one else's business. Of course, the rest of the world didn't buy that line, so sanctions were put in place to make their point of view known. Putin dismissed the sanctions as he was making enough money as a major oil producer when prices were much higher, around $104 a barrel. So Russia's economy was doing fine, money was flowing in, and Putin looked like a genius. But we all know what has happened since then. As of January 17, 2016, the day of this podcast, the prices dropped below $30 a barrel. The ruble has crashed, and the once vibrant Russian economy has come to a grinding halt. Putin has been forced to cut tens of thousands of government jobs, cut back on much-needed infrastructure repairs and expansions, and things are actually looking kind of bleak. Of course, he blames the West and the sanctions, and not his, in my opinion, very myopic economic policies. Oil prices dropping are not the only problems his economy faces. Across the board, many resources the Russians supply to the world have dropped. Many precious metals can be found around the country, but their prices have dropped below levels that make it economical to put out, pull out of the ground. Remember when I did the podcast on geography of Russia? Many of the things that they have are out there, way out there. And so getting them and transporting them into where they can be processed or where they can be sold is very expensive. Now, until these prices rise, the Russian people and Putin's image is going to suffer. My fear at this point is whether a crisis is going to arise that will cause the price of oil to go up. A manufactured one may come about. Who knows? All that is certain is that the Russian economy will not recover until the price of oil recovers. Even though Putin has a very high approval rating, Estimates vary between 70 to 90%. This won't last long if people don't have jobs, food, and other basic necessities. I believe that the crisis in Ukraine was caused by the need to keep global tensions up, which in turn would prop up the prices of commodities such as oil and minerals. What the Russians didn't count on was Saudi Arabia's idea that they could turn the spigots all the way on, which created a glut on the market, driving the prices down. Then you have the slowing of the Chinese economy. That's a double whammy on Russia. And just today, the sanctions on Iran were lifted, and they're going to be pumping oil into the economies of the world and into the glut that is what's going on. Now, as of January 17th, 2016, Putin is, 
in my opinion, caught between a rock and a hard place. He put his economic chips into in with the price of oil, and now he's feeling the brunt of its drop in price. Where things go economically from here is anyone's guess. Well, this is where I'm going to stop with Vladimir Putin, and I know this is pretty short, but we have to be honest, it's not so much history right now. It's still evolving its current events. Uh, in a few years, I'm going to come back to him and see what he's done, maybe two, three years, and do a further assessment of, on his presidency and impact on Russia. Join me next time as I reassess the presidency of Putin's predecessor, Boris Nikolaevich Yeltsin. Now, today's featured book is one that I feel that anyone interested in Russian history should have on their bookshelf. It is A History of Russia, 8th edition, by Nicholas Ryazanovsky and Mark D. Steinberg. When I took Russian history with Dr. Paul Average at Queens College in New York City way back in 1976, it was our go-to textbook. I think it was the second edition or third, maybe. Dr. Ryazanovsky at the time was the sole author, but with the addition of Dr. Steinberg, who I've spoken to in the past, we have another brilliant historian to share his knowledge of the subject. While it is quite scholarly in nature, it is very comprehensive. Coming in at a whopping 816 pages, it is as good of an overview with solid details of Russian history as you will ever find. Of course, if you want to purchase a copy through Amazon.com and you'd like to support the podcast, please go to my blog site at RussianRulersHistory.com. Click on the Russian History Library button near the top of the page and click on the book or books listed. Well, that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed it. So now, as always, Das Vidanya и спасибо большое.